lot to me, and I appreciate that and continue to do that. Uh, so I need a couple guys to help me uh, hand out these tracks. Remember, one for English, two fingers for Spanish. Again, uh, make sure you fill out your soul-winning report. This is all about being accountable. Um, so one finger for English, two for Spanish. <coughs> our opportunity to, if you can't make it on Saturday morning, why, uh, what, a, what a privilege it is to take your kids and just go out and, and be regular, be consistent, be faithful. Uh, and, uh, but we're going to see what the Lord will do. Uh, please, I do need those reports. I, uh, I find that we've kind of fallen off from filling those out. Um, but I have in my drawer uh, for each week, and when I get smart, I'm going to graph that, and uh, I'm a little slower than the average person figuring out how to do that. So I'm going to graph those. If you don't have a personal pen, which is what we do, no one knows what each person is doing. Maybe that's something between you and the Lord. But it does give us an opportunity to compare ourselves and uh, Seeing how you do with others, try to do better if you, if you feel like you're not quite measuring up what you should be. Um, and that's the whole point of it, is to be an encouragement to you. Uh, so please do. Uh, I think we figured up we've, we've knocked on about 700 homes in the last uh, two, two weeks. Um, I heard some numbers. What was that, Attila? We had to knock. The average was, if you see somebody come out, it was like... Close to a thousand homes or something like that. Yeah, so so there's there's a little statistical thing there, but actually it's uh, the Bible says you just got to sow a lot of seed, and uh, it's fun to sow seed. It is uh, uh, if you're doing what God's asked you to do. And actually, we're gonna gonna cover a little bit of that today, and uh, on that idea of uh, of being a happy Christian. Um, and I hope that you want to be a happy Christian. You can be a happy Christian. And uh, we're going to look and, and take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read, <clears throat> and of course we know this is the Beatitudes. And, uh, and uh, one of the things you first learn is you become a, a believer. Uh, Jesus spoke this again shortly after uh, he began his earthly ministry. Um, and we know that he, according, according to this. So let's stand as we read these verses together, starting in verse number 3 of Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5, <clears throat> starting in verse 3. And the Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The last verse, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Let's do one more verse, verse 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, you have said in your word that, Father, that we could reach a place of, Father, blessedness. And, Father, a place that, Father, would have your greatest uh, and richest uh, relationship with you. Uh, Lord, we ask you that, Father, you'd help us to have a, a vision, Father, for what that can be and what it should be. I pray that, Father, as we look at our lives and we look at, his, at the potential, that, Lord, we look at it in a way that would reflect a great joy and rejoicing to be counted worthy to be a part of that kingdom of God. Help us today as we, as we give your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. <clears throat> I use the word happy, and I'm really very, very careful here because the word blessed is not exactly the same word as happy. And I'm going to do a little time to... To teach that, I am <clears throat> believing in the Word of God. The Bible says, blessed and not happy, there's a reason it says that. And it's good that we know why and know the difference. Because there is a difference. If you go to probably some of the new, newer translations, they probably take out the word blessed and put in the word happy. But I know that we use the word happy a lot more frequently than we ever use the word blessed. So I'm going to use that, and I'm going to show you the terms and definitions as we go through this, and hopefully it'll be a help to you. So understanding the terms, and I, I pulled these exactly from the 1828, so you're looking at a definition that comes right from the dictionary. And you'll see in here is that the understanding of the term blessed is what? Made happy. All right? So not only that the idea of happy, but you're made happy or prosperous, or extolled, or pronounced happy. So when we think of blessed are the poor in spirit, they're made happy. All right? It's not something that is, uh, it's kind of unusual. Because when I read the, the Beatitudes, I see in the blessed are they that are, that are mourned, blessed are they that are persecuted, the happy. I mean, that seems like an oxymoron uh, or an irony to me. Blessed is an adjective, means happy, prosperous in the world, uh, world's affairs, enjoying spiritual happiness and favor of God. And we read in our, that, uh, one of our memory verses that Mary found what? Favor with God. And we, uh, if you've ever thought about it, here she's going to carry the Christ child, but as an unmarried woman, in a sense. She was engaged to Joseph, but had not finalized the, the marriage, and so she was going to look, be looked at in shame, and yet and Mary, and Joseph was going to put her away because she, had, she thought there was some infidelity there, and yet she was going to have blessed. She found favor with God. So this is an important idea. So we're going to take the, the word made happy and note, note, note that to be synonymous with blessed. So you think about it, when you live by faith, and we're going to look at this together, 
You are made happy. So I want to look at the word happy as well in terms. Same, same application in the term, but we're going to see the difference. The being happy is being in the enjoyment of agreeable cessations, the possession of good, enjoying pleasure from gratification of appetites or desires. The pleasurable cessations derived from gratification of sensual appetites render a person temporarily happy. So we think about eating. We're temporarily happy right? until we get hungry again. All right? Uh, we get a new car. Well, it's, it, it brings happiness for a while, but it gets old, all right? So it's, it's temporary, all right? You may come into $100 or $200 un, unbeknownst. Pretty soon it's spent, all right? So that, that little, is, it, it ends up being temporary. But he, and I underlined this and, uh, and uh, bold printed it for you, but he only can be esteemed really and permanently happy who enjoys peace of mind. Think about that, that idea of peace of mind in favor of God. So when you think about it, when we think about the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, we think of those that are, have, in, have a peace of mind. When you uh, go out soul winning, and this is uh, the thing that a lot of us kind of push back on because we know that maybe... If we meet people that may necessarily they aren't too happy that we're standing on their doorstep, and they're not too happy that we're going to share the gospel with them if we get the opportunity, and, and not too happy that we're going to hand them a gospel track, not too happy that we're persistent with it. But guess what? We found what favor with who? God. And we have a a peace of mind. Everybody know what I'm talking about there. You can go out and do what God's told you to do, even though it's challenging and difficult, and, and, and in your mind, in your body, it doesn't really in agreement with it, but your mind's good with it. You say, I know it's right. I know it's will of God. I know what God wants me to do and desires for me to do. And so to be in any degree happy, we must be free from the pain of both body and of the mind, and to be very happy, we must be in an enjoyment of lively sensations of pleasure of either the body or mind. Now, we know we're getting a, a textbook definition, but we're going to add to those things and say, how does that fit in with the Beatitudes? How does that accomplish this idea of Jesus standing on the mountain and preaching this message? We've got to step back. If you're in your book, Bible still... We're going to look at what he, what we, what happened previous to this, in uh, in uh, chapter number five. It says in verse twenty-three of chapter four. Follow along as I read, chapter twenty, chapter four, verse twenty-three. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the king, healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all the sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, which had were lunatics, and those that had palsy, and, and he healed them. That sounds like a mess. I mean, people that were hurting, and people that were uh, 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 discouraged, and people that were afflicted by demons and devils and lunatics. And guess what? 
He had a message of happiness, of blessing. The gospel is wonderful. When you go to some up to somebody's door, you say, I, I got the gospel. What is it? It's good news. It's good news. You are a purveyor of good news. You are by your daily life and living by faith are a purveyor of God's word and God's will and, and God's mind. You know what salvation is. You know what it was like before you became saved and, and you had the uncertainty of, of and you didn't even want to think about dying or death or hell. Guess what? You have good news. And you know that if someone would take the time to listen, and you know if someone would be just a slightly bit objective, that they could get saved too. And that's good news. You get the chance to be the, the, the one that carries that wonderful news, to be a part of the kingdom of God that Jesus was enlisting at that time. How can a person be made happy or blessed about you, but that's what I want. I don't want to go through my Christian life kind of ho-hum and, oh, i got to do this and i got to do that. I heard the preacher this morning uh, uh, talking in Sunday school on giving. And boy, if you've not been a tither, if you've not been consistent in that, you say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling the way it is. I mean, I'm just barely making it the way it is. I'm, I'm paying my bills, but there's not much left over talk about God blessing that? He's going to open the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing and you won't have room to receive? I mean, he's talking about being shaken down and filled and running over? What planet do you live on? And yet God says blessing. Well, the first thing is, as you might guess, is salvation. Listen, if you're not saved, then any of the things probably you're going to hear in church aren't going to mean much to you. And listen, salvation, and I'm under the firm conviction of many, many, many church people. I mean, people that come into church and, and darken the doors every Sunday to some degree, and yet they don't have any real joy or happiness. They come because of what? because I probably should. It's probably the right thing to do. But you right? You think about it, is their heart in it? What do they do the rest of the week? Is, there, is the rest of their week involved in memorizing the Word and sharing the Gospel and having their devotions and, and being involved in the Kingdom of God? Or is it just kind of doing the rest of the things, what they want to do the rest of the week and, and then having to do their duty on Sunday? say a lot of folks got a hope so, maybe so, think so salvation. Listen, the kind of salvation that God has called blessed is the one that's most. I don't know about you, I'm, I want to know for sure. I, I, you know, I've had it so many times and even people that I know and they, well I, I, I think I'm going to go. I, I think I'm alright with God, but they don't know for sure. That blessedness has to always begin with salvation. Look at Romans chapter, take your Bible, you might not be able to see all this from up there. Romans chapter number 4. 
blessedness that we have when we think about what God has given to us in salvation. Romans chapter number 4. Let's follow along and look at these verses together. Starting in verse number 3. But what saith the Scripture? Well, that's the starting point. We're going to find out what salvation is. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's what does the Bible say. You want to to base your your faith on fact. I had a guy yesterday say, I was trying to get one little word in edgeways with him, and I and he was giving me a little bit of time, and so I was trying to give him something. He said, well, all you need is faith. He was Roman Catholic. Basically, he said, all you got to do is just believe. You know what? You better know what you believe. You can believe the wrong thing. There are people that are going to believe the wrong thing, and they're going to end up in hell, and they're going to can't figure out why. How many of you think the rich man thought everything was okay? I mean, you think that, hey, I'm doing all right. Man, look how I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care. I'm eating good. I'm dressing good. I'm, life is good. A lot of doors we knock on, life is good for folks. But it won't be when but they don't have salvation. So it begins with the scripture, Abraham what? Believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham what? Abraham trusted God. Verse 4, now to him that worketh, is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So salvation is a work of grace. God, it's a gift of God. You cannot earn it. It's, it's a salvation as a gift. But if you're trying to get there because, well, i got to do my duty, I'm trying to be a good person, then you're working out of a system of debt. I'm going to try to pay off my debt so that I'll earn God's favor. It never works that way, folks. Salvation is not of debt. It's by grace. Verse number four. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. That means made right. God makes the person that's ungodly right through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What Christ did on the cross for you. You can't outdo it. When he, when he, when the last sayings of Christ, we said it's finished. Why? Salvation. It's not going to church. It's not trying to be a good person. It's putting your faith in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His righteous blood was given for your unrighteousness, and God counted that sufficient. Look in verse number four. Verse 6. Even David also described what? The blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Imputeth righteousness without doing one single thing. Except trusting Christ. You're here this morning. And you say, I want God's blessedness upon my life. And you need today to begin to put your complete trust in Him. In His finished work. Without works. You, can, you know what? Really, to be, to be sitting in here today and somehow be trusting that you're not that bad a person, that is a sin. 
You're trusting in who you are. That you're not like so-and-so or so-and-so. I'm better than they are. Listen, you're trusting in your own goodness. Take your Bibles and turn over to Romans chapter 10 just for a moment. Romans chapter number 10. Verse number 1. Brethren, I my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel that they might be saved. He's talking about the Jews. But look in verse number 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse number 3. For they being ignorant of whose righteousness? God's righteousness. And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's a soul winner verse, you know that? Listen, if you're going about to establish your own righteousness, that means I'm trying to figure out why I deserve to go to heaven. Because of this and this and this and this that I've done in my life. You're going about to establish your own righteousness and have not submitted yourself unto the righteousness of God. The salvation is something that God imputes His righteousness to you. Verse number 7 of Romans chapter number 4, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Forgiven and covered. doesn't say anything about you working for righteousness. Verse number 8. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So what is it? First of all, you've got to be saved. If you want to see the kind of made happiness, you'll never... If you're struggling as a, to maintain some kind of Christian walk, ask yourself the question, are you genuinely born again? Please, I so I so uh, wonder in my life that when I stand before God as the pastor of this church, did I warn people that went to church week after week after week after week, and yet they were trusting not in the finished work of Christ, but in their own self. And I'm going to tell you what, that's not going to be an easy one for me. That's why your pastor said, Pastor, you preach this every week. I doubt. Some people struggle. They struggle to live the Christian life. And the only reason I think you can... I, I, I thought about it. When I got saved, I thought, wow, I knew the difference. I was working to get to heaven, and this guy shared with me the gospel of Christ. And I said, wow, I've never heard this before. And I couldn't wait to be baptized. And I couldn't wait to tithe. And I couldn't wait to be in church three times a week. You think I'm crazy. I literally, I wanted to be in a place where they loved God. I remember when they said, that, well, we're not going to have church through the summer because there's not a good attendance. Or we're not going to have a Sunday school in the summer. I said, well, you're not going to have Sunday school, but I'm going to Sunday school somewhere. You say, why? Because I had salvation. I knew what God had done for me, and I couldn't wait to serve God. And if you're in, struggling to want to serve God, ask yourself the question, why? Well, I want to say, man, God has been so good to me. And you know you don't deserve a thing from it. How is a person made happy or blessed? 
No salvation is the start, but secondly, you can only continue in a made happiness by faith. Now listen, this is where some of you are at. I mean, I've been there myself. I probably hasn't been that long ago. I've been in it. There's times that we don't live by faith. I agree. There's times that I'm not living by faith. Pastor, there's days that I'm just not doing it. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm kind of just letting go of the things that I know I need to do, what God's told me to do. I'm kind of put it, I put it on a little coaster. I'm idling. Listen, you want to be made happy or blessed? Then you've got to understand, it is a work of faith. Look at Psalm chapter 84. If you can't read it from where you're at, I encourage you maybe turn to your Bible. Psalm 84 and verse 11. The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory.